Hey guys, I love, love, love that you're listening to the podcast. I truly hope it's bringing you just a ton of value. But if you ever wanted to check out the video version of these podcasts, then you should head over to YouTube. You know, they're going to have more effects, more visual stuff like that. And that, that can help the message sometimes just hit a little bit different and, you know, reinforce the, the lesson in a better way. So you can check that out. It's completely free. Go over to YouTube, search for Anthony Vecino. It'll pop up. And if that's not what you're into, then cool. Just enjoy the show and let's get to it. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. So I get a lot of emails and DMs and comments uh, with people just asking really great questions all the time. And I do my best to try and respond to as many of these as I can. But as we continue to grow, I, I can't get to them all. But um, I still really appreciate the questions. And you guys ask some really great ones. And recently, I realized, you know, I should probably just do an episode here where I take some of the, the questions that I've gotten recently that I thought were the most interesting and just talk about them here. Because if one person gets value out of it, there's a very high likelihood that more people will get value out of it. So here's some questions. I think I have five questions from fans and from the audience that um, have been sent in. So number one is what has been the biggest waste of your time? That's a really good question. So I've talked about this in other episodes where often the thing that uh, separates successful people from the less successful people is not necessarily that the successful people do more. It's that there's certain things that they're not doing. And I think one of the quickest ways that you can put yourself on the path to success is by identifying those two to three things in your life that you know are pulling you away from your greatness. Things that are like time sucks that you are pouring yourself into. And you, you just realize, okay, if I stop, if I cut those things out of my life, just from all the time I would free up from no longer doing that, I would accelerate towards my goals. And so I've done an episode. I've talked about that in the past. For me, the, the two things that I find I waste the most time on is uh, one is chess. I play a lot of online chess. And so chess is something that's very near and dear to my heart. I grew up playing it with my dad. It's something that we bonded over and it's something that I, is, is very core to my identity. I love the game. But if I'm being totally transparent and honest, I play so much chess at this point that it's not about the game and improving. It's more about mindlessly numbing out because I can play it on autopilot in a lot of ways. Or it's just like no different than playing a video game. So I use a lot for like rest and relaxation but I can also find myself, if I'm not careful, slipping in a game or two in the middle of my work day. And next thing I know, those two games spiral into five games and that takes up a lot of time. And so cutting out chess is one of those things that definitely moves me forward. For If you're listening to this and you play video games and that might be the thing for you, it might be video games on your phone, it could be like, you know, Xbox 360. Hey, that's, a, that's a thing that people still play, right? Um, the other thing that I spend a lot of time on that I waste a lot of time on, and this one I can kind of justify as being, oh, this is necessary for running a business. It's not. Spoiler alert. It's not. It's just a lie I tell myself. Is that I, I, I used to much more so, I still do it a little bit, but much more so past, is uh, compulsively checking analytics. Whether that's on sales pages or seeing how a post is performing on LinkedIn or how a video is doing on YouTube. It used to be a compulsion where I would be pulling open the analytics windows constantly. And that is just a complete waste of time because you, it's not going to really change anything. The information you, you, you could trick yourself into believing collecting more data is going to help you, but it, it's really not. It's really just trying to get that next dopamine bump and hoping mm, maybe this time we're going to see a spike of impressions and engagements and that'll be awesome. And when in reality, uh, most of the time you don't get that bump. And so you just kind of leave feeling like, oh, I'm doing terribly. Um, this is kind of, this is what 
casinos, um, how they get gamblers hooked is with intermittent reinforcement, which isn't to reinforce you every single time you go and pull the lever. It's to reward you the first time and then reward you the fifth time and then reward you the 50th time. And like it gets longer and longer the intervals between your rewards. And that's that's kind of how the analytics feels at some points where you're you go in there and sometimes you are rewarded and you're like, hot, hot damn, we did great. Most of the time you're not. And so you kind of always in this feeling of like, low grade anxiety and you're compulsively checking thinking like oh maybe this time it'll look different and it's it's just such a waste and i if you're at that point with your business checking your shopify store and seeing like did i make a sale did i make a sale is like nope <laughs> get back to work get back to doing the things that will actually drive the sales like looking at the data isn't going to get you more sales so <laughs> that one's that's a good question what's the biggest waste of your time okay uh here's another one what's a misunderstanding that people commonly have of your business um, i'm going to talk about syndicated real estate here uh, what we do at invictus capital i think more so than like i could talk about the other other businesses but this one's interesting because i think a lot of people believe syndicated real estate is a great way to to build a really huge portfolio and get rich really fast because if you're not familiar with syndicated real estate the way it works is a group like myself and Invictus Capital, we have in-house property management. We go out, we source the deals, we find them, and then we finance them, we manage them, and then we bring in investors alongside of us to co-own the deals. So you can pull together, you know, we've we've raised $40 million of investor capital over the years, and we own about $80, $85 million of real estate. So that's a great way to scale. People believe, though, that that means you're going to have a lot of cash at the beginning. But the truth is, syndicated real estate, as with all real estate, is not a get-rich-quick scheme. It is a get-rich-slowly-but-surely scheme. And it's a great one if you can buy the time. But to really be successful in syndicated real estate, you need to have sufficient cash flows and reserves and savings in your other areas of life to be able to pour yourself into that business because we might be getting, you know, a two, three, four or $500,000 check when we close an asset at the beginning, but that typically needs to last us three to four years before we can get to a capital event and start recouping, um, capital gain, um, like our share of the equity, um, portions of the deal. So that's, that's a big one. I think is people will look at big syndicated real estate and think it's like way sexier than it really is. And for most people, I do not recommend it, honestly. All right. If your 80 year old self looked back, what would they say you're doing too much of? I think right now I'm probably doing too much admin and too much of the nitty gritty, putting things together, posting things on the different platforms. I think I need to be doing better about outsourcing the stuff to my assistants um, and taking that stuff off of my plate. There's too many day to day minutia things that I'm still getting bogged down in that um, is taking me away from the the pure act of creating and having a free mind to be able to do that and to, to focus on the things that only I can do. That's a big one, I think. What's your recommendation? I love that question, by the way, of putting yourself in the 80 year old frame and asking yourself the position from the future. Like, what's that person who's looking back on my life? Cause they, they have full knowledge of you and what you're doing, what you're capable of and like what's to come. Like what, what would they say you're doing right and wrong? I think that's a great frame, by the way. Okay. What's your recommendation for somebody starting a podcast? This is simple. Just do it. Just do it. Um, by the end of week, start right now you can start a podcast with nothing more. I, I'm still using the same microphone that I started with five years ago. It's the same microphone. It's the same microphone stand. I use a different camera, but like this podcast fundamentally has not changed um, from the equipment standpoint. Now from how my team edits and distributes and all that stuff, completely different. Um, Freed up my time quite a bit, but for you where you're at right now, if you're thinking about doing a podcast, you need to understand that movement creates momentum and that creates motivation, which translates into progress. And so you need to just get momentum right now while you still have the motivation, while you have the kernel of the idea. The longer you wait to take action, meaningful action towards this goal, the less likely it is that you will achieve it. So number one, 
set the goal of I'm going to record an episode by the end of the week and then post it. That's it. It's so simple. Spend an hour researching how to, to post. Go to buzzsprout.com, create your account, um, get your audio file, clean it up, learn how to do that. It'll take you a couple hours. Spend this week, your one goal, if you spent an hour every single day, you would have a podcast episode by the end of the week. Will it be very good? Uh, no, it will be terrible and nobody will listen to it. And that's okay because the second part of my advice here is you need to commit to doing at least 100 episodes before you even bother looking at the analytics. You need to be prepared to do 100 episodes before you look at the analytics and you judge whether or not this is a good use of your time. When we started the Multifamily Investing Made Simple podcast back in 2020, it was really good for us that we didn't look at the analytics all that closely until around um, at least 100 episodes in. And that's is because I said, um, I'm not going to look at the analytics until we're at least two years in. We were doing an episode a week, so it took us about two years. And we actually got there a little bit faster. But it's a good thing I didn't look before that moment because the analytics were atrocious. Practically nobody was listening. It was bringing in investors to our, our funnel. But um, if you were just judging it purely based off of impressions and how many downloads you were getting, we would look. At the, we probably would have gotten discouraged. So you need to not get discouraged and realize that your content is going to suck in the beginning. That is not anything worth listening to. And so you need to put in the reps so that you can improve and get the skills so that people will find it valuable to listen to in the future. And just recognize that comes with time and energy. So you need to start the podcast. Don't work. Don't wait to try and get it perfect. Just get it out there. Start posting it. Get your hundred reps in, and then make a decision about okay, is it time? to pivot, maybe start a new podcast now with your newfound skills or delete all the old episodes and start a new, like the only way to build something is by doing it. So stop thinking about it. Stop planning and just take action. The, the, the risk here, the downside it's zero. There is no downside, just maybe some wasted time, but whatever you're learning a skill, you're learning something about yourself and you're building something. And I believe time spent creating is never wasted. So just go do it. That's my advice. If you want to start a podcast. Um, if you had to create a mantra, this is the last question, by the way, if you had to create a mantra for how to approach life, what would it be? Um, I was really impacted a couple months ago. Maybe it was mid middle of last year in 2023 by uh, a book that the Steve jobs archive put out called, I think it was called in his own words. In some, I can't remember what it was actually called, but it was a book about Steve Jobs in his own words. Like, so from his speeches and from conversations, emails and things that he had had with people. So it was about him in his own words. And in there, there's a an email that he sent to himself because that was back before, you know, we had apps that could take notes and, and track these things for us. Back then, you just send yourself an email. And in there, there was this phrase that has resonated so deeply with my soul over the last year or since I read it, maybe six, seven, eight months, months ago. That he says, make something wonderful. There's more to the quote. I don't have it in front of me, so I can't quote it entirely. But simply make something wonderful. And I think if you just wake up every day with that as the goal, I'm gonna, today I'm going to make something wonderful. I think that's going to lead you down a path that's well worth walking. So that's my mantra make something wonderful. So those are the questions. That's what I got. I appreciate you guys always forever. Thank you for DMing me, shooting me comments and emails and uh, sending me these questions. Keep them coming. Um, I'll try to get to them as best as I can, but no guarantees. So thank you for being here. We'll catch you in the next episode. But until then, stay hyper focused, my friend. Hey, real quick, guys, I don't know if you know this, but each week I put together an exclusive newsletter for our subscribers that covers things like uh, entrepreneurship, investing, wealth building, productivity, and personal development. Also, you get some pretty cool behind-the-scenes content that the rest of the world just will never get to see. So if you're interested in joining us, get over to beyondtheapex.com slash newsletter to join the tens of thousands of other subscribers getting their weekly five to thrive.
All right, let's get into the show. 